0: Welcome to Sacred Space, the podcast. I am Tanika, your host, and this is a space for you to tune in and become educated, evolved and expanded on all things generational healing, personal development and spirituality. This is a space where I'll get beautiful, like-minded guests on to speak into their stories and their wisdom, as well as hearing mine. So take a big, deep breath into your belly, get anchored, get grounded, and let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to the podcast, Beautiful One. Today's episode I have Sharina from Mindful Soul Collective joining me for a conversation speaking into her journey and it kind of took a little bit of a twist. So we were going to be speaking into mindset and soul nourishing activities that can, you know, lead you to a more fulfilled life. But we ended up taking a little bit of a turn and diving into inner child healing and how powerful inner child healing is for every single person and how much it can impact your relationships and Yeah, it was just such a beautiful, heartfelt conversation with the beautiful Sharina. So, you know, Sharina's story, as you'll hear in this podcast, has been quite literally insane. She has gone from living a life of being in the victim mentality and, you know, vibrating at that level of just attracting bad situation after bad situation until she got to a point that she just pulled herself out of it and she, yeah, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but having this conversation with her really opened my eyes. It really allowed me to understand why she is so passionate about this work and it was just really special to connect with her on the podcast. So I hope you all really enjoy this episode and love hearing Sharina's story and all the wisdom that she has to share. It was so special. I also just want to preface as well there's a little bit of lagging in our conversation Um, it's not too bad but there are a couple of points where we speak over each other for a moment so please just know we weren't cutting each other off it was just the internet connection (laughs) and I just want to remind you before we completely jump into it to leave my podcast a review leave it a rating a review all the things share it over to your Instagram just spread the word send this episode if you feel called to a friend who you know may be in that mentality of people pleasing who may be in that space of feeling so unfulfilled and needing the guidance to start their journey. So I would so appreciate that. I love you so much. And let's get into this episode. Welcome, beautiful Sharina to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on here. Oh my gosh, I've been looking forward to recording this episode with you. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talking to you.
0: Yay, oh my gosh. So today we're going to be really speaking into just like mindset and connecting to our own bodies and sort of like your journey with this and why you're so passionate about doing this. and just really like learning even more about how to connect to ourselves and how important that is. Um would you like to start with your self-love ritual?
1: Yeah, for sure. So with my ritual, I like to always do something for my mind, something for my body and something for my soul. So each day differs a little bit so for my mind it could be like meditating or journaling or just like sitting outside in silence and then for my body that could be yoga or stretching going for a walk or doing some breath work and then for my soul which is always my favorite part (laughs) is like pulling an oracle card or Saging myself in the house, or maybe putting on some essential oils or something like that. So each day is a little bit different. But as long as there's something for my mind, my body, and my soul, then I am set.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. And I literally just took a story on my Instagram speaking about how yesterday I, for the first time in like ages, pulled an oracle card for myself and how nourishing it is. To just connect in with, you know, that feminine energy of yourself and your intuition and how you can allow that to guide you. So that's really beautiful that you do that like every morning, like tapping into that feminine energy, really, like when you're doing that soul stuff. So I love that.
1: Yes, I love it so much. And I feel like my Oracle cards just give me so many answers that maybe I don't even know I need. But yeah, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And how about your quote for the week, my love? So Every time I get asked this question, it's always the same quote. And I don't think it'll ever change. But the quote is, what is coming is better than what is gone. I actually have it tattooed on me as well. Yeah, that's my favorite quote.
0: I love that so much. Can you say it one more time so I can like really digest
1: it? (laughs) Yeah, what is coming is better than what is gone. Mm.
0: I love that so much. I've, I've not heard that quote before. Like I've heard the, you know, like, What is meant for you will be and like all the things, but I haven't actually heard that
1: quote. I love it so much. Mm. Yay. I'm glad because I say it all the time. So I'm like, surely everyone knows it by now. So it's nice to know some people don't.
0: (laughs) I know we get so like caught up in like our own little world sometimes. Hey, it's like, wait, sometimes people actually haven't heard these things that we're so deeply passionate about and that we are always going on about. Um, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, I would love if we jumped into like hearing a little bit about your story and sort of your journey to guiding you to the field that you work in and working alongside women the way that you do. And
1: even just a little bit about your work as well, if you feel called to speak into that. Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess my story kind of started when I was 14 and I got kicked out of home. So I began living out of home at 14. I signed my first lease for a house at 15 years old um I finished high school still while working full-time at McDonald's but it was really hard I it was a really lonely time of my life and I just had no one there was no support like even you know school counsellors and things they just were not hitting the nail (laughs) like they just there was really no support at all so I was really alone in such a hard time of my life. And so I guess throughout all of that I always just thought I wish there was just somebody that I could talk to that actually understood. Um little did I know that I would become that person, but I just remember feeling like that the whole time. Yeah. And I was self-harming from about 15 years old until about 19. I was cutting myself. Um I was drinking a lot. I did recreational drugs. Um nothing too hectic, but like You know, I was taking pills and drinking and just partying a lot at 15. And And then I'd go to school the next day. Sorry, I know
0: there's a bit of lag between us. So if I'm cutting you off, I'm not meaning to. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just even like the age that you are, you know, being kicked out of home at 14 and having to take on such huge radical responsibility it's such a like a naive age to have to deal with all those heavy emotions and then to not lean into you know like self-harm and and self-abuse in that way would be quite hard not to so I can definitely see just from like hearing your story yeah. and you know we we were in like a mindset container together like a year ago and I do remember your story around that um briefly and how you've used that to be so passionate to help other girls who are have gone through hardship from like their childhood to be that support that like is just not here for people so yeah that's so special but continue
1: <laughs> yeah definitely and that's exactly right like it was just it kind of seemed natural for me because I just I was so alone and there was no other way for me to get support so I guess I gave myself support in self harming which doesn't like now it just doesn't make sense I guess in a way but at the time there was no other option for me I just wanted to feel something and mm-hmm. that's how I would feel it Um, And then at a little over my 16th birthday, I tried to take my own life. Obviously, it didn't work, which is great because I'm still here. (laughs) Um, But that was really the worst year of my life, I think. Um, Yeah, not much else to say about that, I don't think. But yeah, it was really obviously quite hard, very lonely. Um, I came out on the other end and then felt even worse because, you know, I didn't succeed at what I wanted to do. Um, and then from then I just was in a really dark place. That's how I describe it. Like there was just darkness. I seen no way out of it. And then bad things just kept happening to me. So from then, um, my partner was my first partner was abusive. Um, and then from then I was in a car accident and I hurt my back. So now I have a back injury that I'll have for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. There was a storm and the roof came off of my house. It's just like every couple of years something traumatic I guess happened to me so over 10 years I went through things that people don't even experience once yeah and it was just non-stop and then one day I kind of just woke up and I was like I'm done I'm done being the victim I'm done with all this shit that's happened to me and I don't want to live like this anymore mm-hmm. and that was really the beginning of this journey so that was probably about five or six years ago now um and that's when I did my certifications to be a counsellor and from then it's just really grown into a lot more self-development rather than the typical mental health counsellor. It's a lot more about mind, body and soul rather than just the mind and that's how I got here. I just wanted to help people get out of that really dark place that I was in so long. Mm. And I think that's really powerful to have such a holistic
0: approach to this work because, you know, when you jump in with just the mind or just the body it just sometimes it isn't enough and the fact that you have behind you like um the certifications to be able to hold people through heavy heavy stuff plus being so embodied in it um obviously like it's it's not great when things like that happen to you but also sometimes it is like a A gift from source that you had to go through those hardships to then be able to be the leader for other people that they can get through it too. And so that story is just so powerful. Like your story is just so powerful because it would have been way easier for you to just keep on going um, in that, you know, a breeding ground for bad shit. Like just keep on going in that frequency, but getting that awareness to go, no, I actually don't want to play victim anymore. And then leading, being able to lead other women in that is just so incredible. So thank you for sharing that. It's such a vulnerable share for you as well. Um, You know, to open your heart in that way um, so that other people can feel seen is so special.
1: Yeah. Thank you for allowing me to share that message as well, because I know that there's lots of people that are in that place now where they're like, I don't see an end. I don't see any light at the end of this tunnel And believe me, I was there for a really long time. Like I tried to take my life. I tried to create the light by self-harming and all of those things. And then one day I made the light. I stopped looking for it. And instead I chose to create it in my life and then changed everything. And that's where I'm at now. So that's, I guess, what I do with clients is I help them create the light. We stop looking for it in external things and we just make it ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. That is so special because it is all within us and i have such a similar way that i like to work with my clients as, as well as like we don't have to go outside of us it's actually all within us we're just sort of um conditioned to believe that we're never good enough right we're conditioned to believe we're not worthy of feeling that good just in ourselves so i love that you have that that similar way of working with with people do you have a like any you know tangible ways that you could share that you sort of let your clients begin to see that light within them?
1: Yeah. So um, the fir- my first session with clients, we always look at what I call the basics and I call it that, I'll explain it to you and then you'll understand why I call it that. So basically we sit down and in the very first session where we start is talking about like how much water they're drinking, what kind of foods they're eating, how much they're sleeping, are they moving their bodies, um, like what habits do they have, whether they're good or bad. And it's just looking at all of those, like basic things that we're taught are really good for us and then that's always the first step because I think a lot of people don't recognize the link between those things and our mental health and the way that we feel so there's been heaps of studies that show that if you're not drinking enough water that's actually increasing your likelihood of having anxiety Mm. so there's actually scientific proof about that sort of thing so that's why I always look at that stuff because a lot of typical counselors you go to they're like okay let's just talk about what's going on in your life Mm. when really their client's not drinking any water, they're eating like shit, you know, all these things. And then they want to talk about why they've got bad thoughts. Mm. And it's like, it's all connected. So I always start with the basics. And if that's like, if you're really at the beginning of your journey, that's what I would encourage you to do is like get your water in check, sleep properly and get good sleep, eat well and eat regularly um, and move your body. They are the most important places to start. And then from there, you can look at heaps more, you know, techniques and more personalized things. But that's my go-to advice for anyone that's really wanting to start to create that light in their life. Yeah, definitely. I
0: um, completely agree with you. You know, sometimes like it's easier to go outside and not actually look at what we are even putting in um, because foods and even like not drinking enough water. It all affects our hormones. It all affects our humanness. And when our human, like our physical form, you know, I work a lot with like sauce and things. And when um our human isn't like in check, how can we energetically hold the abundance that we want? How can we energetically connect to our higher self, you know, when we're not even in a good space in this reality that we, that we live in. So that's really important and really powerful that you um bring that awareness to people because as well, sometimes it's something we just don't think about because it's like, well, we just drink when we're thirsty and we eat when we're hungry and not think any further into it. But what do you think is the biggest disconnect that you do see in your clients that is blocking them from accessing like that higher frequency from living in alignment? Do you find it is the food and the water and the, um, the poor choices in their daily life? Or is it sometimes more than that?
1: Yes. I definitely think that that is one of the biggest blocks that people have is those um, like basic choices that we're making. You know, we we choose the easy, fast options, which are usually not the best for us. But then in saying that as well, I also think that a lot of people block themselves because of guilt, like they feel guilty for putting themselves first So whether that's like a mum feeling mum guilt or we feel guilty for leaving work when we need to or calling in sick, I think that guilt is definitely part of that as well that a lot of clients struggle with. And not just my clients, I just know in general, like Mm. that's just a massive thing that people struggle with.
0: Yeah, and it is. It's so conditioned into us um, to be people pleasers and to put other people first, especially when you're working alongside women you know, you do, like you just said, the mum guilt really comes into it and the, the shame and going, oh, but actually that doesn't feel good for me. So they just keep playing small and not playing into what their truth is. So yeah, I see that as well. Definitely. Do you find, um, inner child healing is like quite a big piece of your work or let's have a little riff on inner child healing and just how you feel about it, especially with the childhood that you've, you've had.
1: Yeah. I think it's so important. Um, I definitely think it's one of the biggest things that has helped helped me and also in saying that it's something that I'm continually working on because it's like in my childhood, I actually personally blocked out quite a lot of memories and feelings and things like that. And Now that I'm in a place where I'm safe enough to explore that, a lot's coming up. So I'm still processing things that happened 15 years ago and I think that this is going to continue to happen throughout probably the rest of my life. Um, I don't think I've ever had a client come directly to me and say, I want to do inner child work. I think it comes up so naturally because the way that we were raised and especially those first, say, seven years of our life, we form so many thoughts and feelings and things like that from our childhood and from our parents that ultimately that does affect who we are as an adult. Mm. And a lot of people say around our age, we're deciding that we don't want to live lives like our parents did. Mm. So there's a lot coming up just naturally in conversations where people do want a different life. And that's kind of how I get into the inner child work um, Mm. with my clients is it just comes up so naturally because people just don't want to feel how they felt when they were a kid. Mm.
0: I remember when I first started doing inner child healing and very similar to you Sharina in that you'd blocked so much out consciously that I was really struggling. I was like, what does my inner child even fucking look like? Like I had no idea, you know, what I was searching for in doing this inner child healing. It was really hard. And that can be the case for a lot of people. It's It's quite a sensitive topic, but like you said, the first seven years of our life, we're pretty much getting programmed into who we're going to be. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like you said, I was the same. I didn't know what she, I didn't know what she looked like, what she wanted, what she needed or anything like that. And over just in the last couple of years, I've really recognized that all my inner child has wanted ever is to be loved. Mm. And I think that that's been a really big part of my work now, because now I'm giving my adult self and my inner child self the love that I've just wanted forever mm. So it's been life-changing for me to even come to that re- like that realization because I've been seeking that love outside of myself for so long and now to be able to give that to myself I'm look- I'm not looking outside myself anymore mm.
0: I love that so much and I didn't really realize that would be going into this topic but it seems really like organic that we're speaking about like this inner child stuff. But I just want to share with like, you know, who's listening, how I like to connect with my inner child. And if you would like to after me, maybe you could, if you feel like open to that. But I know with like inner child work, my biggest thing was like, I had this huge abandonment wound. Like you said, I'm still working through it. Like it's literally a never ending journey. Like we don't just get to a stage where we're like, we're completely healed. You know, it's always going But in working alongside my inner child, um, what's like helped me has been like looking at photos of her to actually get that visual of who she is. But I had this massive abandonment wound and something that makes me feel safe in just like my own energy is when I'm moving my energy, not holding my energy. So like dancing has been like the biggest thing to connect me to my inner child and to shake out that icky, gross, heavy energy And now I know I'm like 24, but a few weeks ago I had my first night sleeping like in my house by myself, which was like revolutionary because I used to have like this really big abandonment wound and doing inner child healing has been what has allowed me to now feel so safe in my own energy. But yeah, like, you know, dancing, moving my body is just like always connects me just to that, that part of myself that wasn't able to express herself.
1: I love that so much. And I relate to the dancing as well. I feel like I don't do not do it as much as I probably should, but I found that there's some meditations where they're like inner child meditations, but it's like a little kid talking to you. So I remember the first time I did one like that, it was only maybe five minutes and this little child's voice was like playing in my ear. And I was like, I love you. You're okay. And just saying really sweet and beautiful things like that. And I was like, This is just like, that's, that's what really helps me is listening to, I guess, kids tell me that they love me, which sounds so bizarre, but it's like, I really connect that. Like, it's like the little me talking to me. I love that so much.
0: And some people, you know, when it comes to like intuition, right? Like some people are like visual, some people um, hear things, some people smell things. And I guess that's the same, like with healing as well. Some people prefer hands-on healing. Some people prefer guiding themselves. Some people prefer different ways. So you listening is just a way that your like subconscious mind absorbs it so well.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. And I think as well, there's like things that you can play. I don't even think what they're called, but they like play messages and you're not subliminal messages. Mm-hmm. There's heaps of really cool ones like that, that I just play while I'm working. And I think that they've made a massive shift for me as well. Like I don't even have to go and add something else to my day. I just like it's just part of my day, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. Like
0: sometimes we can get so overwhelmed in, oh, my God, another thing I have to look at, another aspect of myself that I have to heal. But it doesn't have to be another thing. It can just be incorporated with ease into the, the life that you have right now. Yeah. And then organically it will begin to, you know, if it's something that you really value to shift in, maybe you'll begin to move into it a little bit more. But it doesn't have to be like, drop everything that you're already doing and makes like two hours a day for inner child healing. It can simply be like listening to a song that you really, really loved as a child, if you can remember, or, you know, just like different things like that. I know another thing, like I said, I look at photos and then, you know, you can obviously tell I'm a visual person, but mm-hmm. my Nana <laughs> for my 21st birthday, my Nana made me a scrapbook with like every year of my life with photos in it. And that, I'm like, she had no idea the healing that I would be able to do from her creating that for my inner (laughs) child.
1: (laughs) I love that so much. And that's so funny that you say the photos as well, because I've always wanted to be able to like put a photo on my mirror and like talk to my inner self and that's inner child and all of that stuff. But I've actually I don't have any photos of when I was a kid and like I've asked my mom quite a lot and just nothing comes of it so I don't know if there are photos but I think that that's why I really lean into like the listening and things because I don't have the option for the visual side of things but I just I think that that would work so so beautifully Mm -hmm. to be able to see yourself as a little kid I think that would be so healing
0: yeah wow that's so see like you've just completely opened up my perspective even to like this is such deep work and even not having photos to look at could would be like, it would feel like such a big mindset block for you to be able to do this work. But that's so beautiful that you yeah, turn to like listening to things and all of the rest, your journey, like into motherhood and then now having children of your own. How has this, has this maybe
1: amplified inner child healing for you? Or, you know, how has this journey been for you? Becoming a mum Out of all of the things that I've mentioned I've gone through, becoming a mum was the hardest thing. And I say that with so much love for my kids. Of course, I love them to death. But I never expected my life to change the way it did and for me to change the way that I've had to change for my kids. Even just just little things like my kids, when they cry, I go to them. Whereas when I was a kid, I was left to cry. If I cried, I was sent to my room to be alone or like I was – you know, taught to cry it out to sleep, you know, that like sleep training method. So I was, I had to cry it out to go to sleep. There was no one there coming for me. And obviously that's impacted me quite significantly. So I don't want that for my kids. Mm. So I go to my kids, they cry, I'm there, whether it's two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, like it doesn't matter when or where we are, I'm always there for them. And that's been really hard because some days it's frustrating. Like I don't sleep properly and all that sort of stuff. And then I sit back and I'm like, it's not fair. No one was there for me. Why do I have to do this? You know? And then I feel really guilty about that. And it's just kind of like a cycle that I'm working through and improving on. But yeah, that's been the biggest and hardest thing for me is having to show up for my kids when no one showed up for me like that. So it's like I'm making it up as I go. I have no one to look to for the way that I want to parent and be there for my kids. Mm.
0: And even how you just um you know, said, no one was there for me. Why do I have to be there for them? What, how that thought can come up sometimes. Like that's literally your inner child, like feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like, I didn't get this blah, blah, blah. But it's so beautiful that you're choosing to be conscious about all of this. And even though it's so, you know, such a difficult rite of passage for you, you're still choosing to just do your best and show up in ways that you craved as a child. And that is so special.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like like you said, I definitely recognize that it's the inner child like crying out from inside me. Like I think part of me still just doesn't understand why I had the childhood that I had. So, while I'm only just trying to figure that out. Now, all of a sudden I'm, I'm a mom. I've got two kids under 4. Like I, it's it's hard. <laughs> but I wouldn't change it for the world. I think that becoming a mom is the hardest thing that's ever happened to me, but also the most healing thing because it's really taught me so many beautiful things about myself and, you know, my inner child as well.
0: Yeah, of course. So when you have these spaces um, where you are, you know, that guilt might be creeping in and your mindset might be beginning to like, you know, your mind might be beginning to take over and your mindset might not be in the best space, can you share some like little ways that you sort of journey yourself out of that? Um, So that anyone listening who, which I'm sure there would be so many women who listen to this, who will feel so seen in that because it's such a bigger thing. It's just that it's, we're literally conditioned to not tell other people about how things like this are just so common.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So the first thing I'll say is a lot of the time I just cry. (laughs) I love a good cry. And I don't feel guilty about it at all. I let my kids see me cry as well. I think that's really natural for them to know that they're allowed to cry and they can cry in front of people and all that sort of thing. Um, but then after I'm finished crying, I really just try and I guess breathe through it. And being a mum, you don't it's not like you can just go sit down and do a meditation or journal it out or anything like that. So I just try and breathe through it. And then when I have time to myself when my partner gets home or something like that, then I would. Usually I actually go and have a really long, long shower and really hot. And I kind of like wash it off, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like I actually visualize all of like the guilt and, you know, the sadness and anger and or even annoyance and all that sort of thing that comes with being a mum. I actually wash that off in the shower and I find that that's so helpful. But yeah, definitely crying. I want people to know that I cry all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I
0: feel like people definitely definitely pedestal like when we're the ones that hold space for others. Um, I know like if I share sometimes with like clients, like, oh, I've had an an emotional week. Sometimes people are like, you have emotional weeks. And it's like, we all have them. Like it's so normal, but I do want to add, I love that you wash off your emotions because
1: I do that every day. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love that. so amazing but yeah I feel like this conversation has just been like so incredible speaking into like inner child healing and all the things is there anything else that you want to add before we kind of wrap it up um just like how women can be more connected and at ease within their mind to live a more fulfilled life and how yeah just like speaking into that a little bit of the mindset
1: things yeah for sure so I think The first thing I want to say is that if we want to live like a fulfilled life, we need to know what that looks like. We need to know what we want. I think so many people kind of like sleepwalk through life and make decisions on other people's needs or wants, whether that's our kids or our boss or our partner or even our parents or whoever it is. But if we really want to live a life that's fulfilling for us, we need to decide what we want and we need to go for that, even if that feels scary. So whether that's small things like deciding on what you, you know, next time your partner asks you what you want for dinner, don't say, I don't know, actually think about it and decide what do you want. And then of course, big things like career and impact and all that sort of stuff, but start with the small stuff, check in with what you really want. And I think that that's probably one of the most important things to having a fulfilled life. And I guess on another sense for me personally, I've really found it, life-changing to have support and when I say that and I talk to clients about this as well is that I think that there's two levels of support there's personal support where there's things like you know you have your partner and your parents and friends and for me personally I have things like daycare and a cleaner and an assistant that helps with my businesses but then there's also the professional support that I have too which is things like I have my own counsellor and my own coach I see an energy healer once a month I get a massage once a month I have a naturopath and I work with a – I have a doctor who actually listens to me and my issues and my concerns. So, like, I think having a really good balance between personal and professional support is going to change everything for you. So I think sitting down and having a look at what support you have, what support maybe you can implement and add into your life, I think that that's really going to help with you creating a life that's fulfilling because then you can really focus on the things that you want like I mm. touched on a second day, like focus on the things that you want and to go for those.
0: Mm. That's that's so powerful. And sometimes it can be hard to discern what it is that you want by incorporating like how you said at the start, how in the mornings you um do something for your mind, your body, and your soul. What I do with the mornings is I always make sure that I wake up and the first thing I do is I brush my teeth and tongue scrape. If you don't tongue scrape, please start doing it. Oh my gosh, I don't even want to get into that. I'm like so it freaks me out when people don't tongue scrape anyway. Yeah. And then I'm straight into like my room with a glass of water and grounding my energy because even after our dreams, whether you remember them or not, you know, sometimes we can feel emotions in our dreams, or the things always like grounding my energy and then doing a meditation, doing some breath work and then setting my intention for the day. And I feel like that wraps in really beautifully with what you do of the morning, because it's like, our energy needs direction. Our brain needs direction to achieve the life that we desire to, to live that fulfilled life. So if you're waking up every morning and then just autopilot doing whatever your brain wants to do, you're not going to probably have a very productive or great day. Whereas if you set that intention in the morning, you're directing your human self and your energy to go towards something bigger. So I feel like I just want to add in like to everything you just said which is just so powerful and I completely agree with you but if you are wanting to take that like first step into having a fulfilled life I would start with every morning setting the intention that you want to be one step closer to feeling fulfilled and then seeing what
1: is presented to you yes I love that so much and I tongue scrape too Yay. it's so gross what comes off when you scrape your tongue <laughs> but so important I agree <laughs> But yeah, I love that so much. Even as simple as like in the morning, asking yourself, what do I actually want today? What do I need today? Like it can be that simple. I ask myself that throughout the day, every day. And sometimes it's like, you know, have a glass of water or go outside. Or sometimes it's like, have a nap, you know? And it's just, I think that asking yourself that is going to be really, really helpful too. Yeah,
0: definitely. And yeah. Once you start implementing just like one small little thing. Oh, by the way, I love that you tongue scream. <laughs> um, once we start implementing one small little thing, we begin to learn how to move out of that like wounded feminine, because that's really what people pleasing is. It's like a wounded feminine. It's like being conditioned into us to do it. And you can start moving out of that people pleasing and always showing up for others into the frequency of self-worth and self-love. And so, yeah, it's just really special one little micro step at a time compounds into huge things. And that's something I think everyone needs to remember. It doesn't matter what like facet of life you're applying this to, whether it's showing up in your relationships, whether it's showing up to yourself, whether it's career, whatever it is, like small steps towards where you want to be are better than no steps at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I love that so much. I definitely agree. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sharina,
0: for sharing your story and vulnerably sharing alongside me with like the inner child stuff. That was like so special. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we finish up?
1: No, I feel like we covered so much. I loved being here. So thank you for having me. Um, But, yeah, I think we covered so much today. I feel like this episode is like the perfect first step. Mm. Like if you're just starting out on the journey, everything we spoke about today is where you want to start.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, everyone who listens, just knowing that, you know, you're not alone in this. We we all have our own things that we've had to move through and you can, it is safe for you to lean on others to begin your journey is what I was trying to get to.
1: Um, <laughs> yes, I love that. And also that, you know, you can create that light in your life so if you're in a dark place that light is going to come from within you so give it time and give it space and energy and love and like you'll be okay
0: yeah so powerful i would love if you could share where people can find you and i'll also leave it all linked in the show notes below but if just your
1: instagram handle all the things yeah sure so i am mindful soul collective on instagram and Facebook and TikTok. I don't really use TikTok that much, although I plan to. So, you know, you can find me in all of those places. Um, And I have things like one-on-one sessions and group programs coming and all sorts of ways we can work together if you're interested in that. Beautiful. And I'm actually, I signed up for your group space. It's on tomorrow, I think, about the mid-year reset. Yeah. So- yes, I've seen that. So I'm excited to have you there. <laughs>
0: Yes. That'll be so much fun. Exactly what I'm needing right now, but yes. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure to have you and to chat to you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, for sharing your story. I I feel so grateful for you. So thank you so much. Bye. Thank you all for listening to this beautiful episode with the beautiful Sharina from mindful soul collective. I just wanted to remind you to leave me a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. It really, really helps this podcast to grow and for me to create even more impact with more women all around the world. So I would deeply appreciate if you could leave me a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to go over and give me a little follow on Instagram, TikTok, wherever you you want to get your content at sacred space w Tanika lace and as you know i'll leave all the details for everything in the in the show notes below as well as a link to a free cycle chart that i have created just to allow you to understand each phase of your cycle with a little bit more ease love you so much and i'll be back in your ears next thursday at 5 55 a.m with an episode all about our follicular phase our inner spring love ya